Welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. If you're anything like us, you've been around and around the personal development and mindset block quite a few times. You've read the books, watched the videos, attended the seminars, and even worked with a coach or two, and yet you still find yourself searching for more. You may even feel stuck or that you should be farther along than where you are right now. And after doing over a decade of mindset work, we've come to this realization. Mindset work is like a small hit of dopamine that distracts you from your true work. You get these little hits of feeling better only to be met with the same underlying conditions and patterns over and over again. Now, mindset was an important part of your evolution as well as ours, but it hits a plateau and now you find yourself ready for that deeper layer of growth and expansion. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're ready to get off that Ferris wheel. This podcast is only for those that are ready to dive deep and do the real inner healing work. For those that are ready to move past more information into actual experiences. If you're looking for more understanding, then you've come to the wrong place. This is a home for old souls ready to fully embrace and remember who they truly are. Ready to make a profound difference in their lives and in the lives of others. So welcome home, dear one. We're excited to be part of your journey. When you guys uh, continuously struggle with this area of your life, money, money is an issue. And then when it comes to abundance, I just want to say abundance can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. You can have an abundance of connection in your life, an abundance of love, an abundance of health in your life. And so if I say the word abundance, it's not just articulating the word money, but it, it's far beyond that. It can mean a lot of different things. Okay. And so you may want to look at in your particular life, like at least starting with where do I have abundance? Okay. And the answer might be nowhere. That might be your starting point, and that's okay. And if the answer is, you know what, in a lot of different areas of my life, I have my health, I have great relationship with my significant other, with my children, active, my body is strong. And so just take a moment for yourself and kind of do a little flash preview of your life. And I want you to just take a moment and feel into where there there is abundance And then find a a particular associated feeling with that abundance. Like, where does that live? Is that up in your head? Is there an associated feeling in the body? And just take a moment and let yourself kind of bathe and shower in the good feelings of abundance. Even if it's just in one particular area, even if it's very subtle or very small, because we'll take small things. We'll say, yeah, I have that, but, but, but it's not really a big deal. Make it a big deal right now. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to find beauty in my life. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Let your... Let yourself just marinate in that and whatever it is that you're feeling. Let that feeling go all the way through. So all the way down, all the way to the cellular structure of your body. And notice if you can, that even the cells hold tension. And so what would it be like to intend or consciously choose to even let the cells of the body Soften, loosen, permeate the membranes, and let them receive the signal of gratitude. They're all the way down there. You can still send a signal of gratitude down there. And see if you can also feel not just yourself, but dropping into your body, bring the awareness down towards the back of the heart. 
and then recognizing that even here in this cohort, in this community, you're part of a community. And what does it feel like to feel into a community of people who are recognizing some abundance in their life, some gratitude in their life? Maybe that shifts how your system is organized. you're struggling to find anything in your life that you feel grateful for or abundant around, then leverage the group field. Take your time. We're not in a rush to get anywhere. The words I say here today are going to be a lot less important than what you feel in your body. Just for a moment. Hopefully that helps you ground your system a bit and get some resource into the system. And then if you want, you can, you can listen with eyes closed. If you want to participate, you know, of course, getting you guys to chat in the, the box makes me happy because I get some feedback from you, but bring, bring the area of money to mind and then just, and then simultaneously, don't just bring it to mind and don't bring in, don't bring it in with like the, the pain and the hardship, just kind of let money, not the concept, but the feeling of money, the, the system of money kind of just be around your system and, and then notice what happens in the body as you do. So I'll just point at what I'm feeling for some of you guys is there's a collapse in the center channel in the solar plexus. Something is defending itself or fearful. See if that's true. Yeah. Ian saying, I feel tightness around my chest with the subject. The idea of the idea of behind the heart is difficult to envision. Mm-hmm. If anybody else wants to just chime in on what they're uh, experiencing interpersonally, I would love to get your feedback also. So, you know, what comes up for you around the area of money? How does that, how does that feel in the system? Is it open and expansive? Is it restrictive? Is it neutral? What is it? What is that we're experiencing? John is saying he's behind the heart. And Jennifer is saying, I feel that as well. I, I'm I'm assuming she means tightness in the center channel there. So I just want to point to the sensation of it. Yeah, John's saying he's feeling uh, powerless. Mm-hmm. Squeezing in the heart and palpitations for Pamela, right? So obviously, just from what you guys are sharing, I would not... I would not associate <laughs> any of those descriptions as, as something that feels quote positive. Right. But yet there it is, you know, the system of money is a very interesting thing. It's actually saying tension in the solar plexus as well. So like there's a, I mean, an, an, uh, to say it this way, it's kind of funny an an abundance of conditioning around this area of money. Okay. And it, it seems to be that we are left purposefully ignorant about this specific area and it, just like spirituality, just like health, there's so many areas of life that are really important. It's like the the systems that we live in, leave it up to the individual to investigate and get curious about on their own to try to figure out what's happened, right? All this conditioning that we're given, all this uh, subconscious conversations about what's possible and not possible. And for those of you guys that know my Nilan's story, it's like we are we were far from born into any wealth, any sort of business acumen, um, we moved to the States from uh, Israel in 1989. My, both my parents were under um, Russian oppression growing up. My, my father's from uh, Riga, Latvia. My mom's from Chernovsi in Ukraine. And in the 77, they escaped the USSR. They moved to Israel. They lived there for 13 years. Had my, myself and my brother. And at the age of five and seven, we, we packed up everything, left our entire family and moved to the States in 89. With, um, as the story goes, just a few suitcases. We lived in a um, bi-level house. And so we had a bottom floor in the basement and another family actually had the second floor. 
and we would write every dollar we would spend or that my parents would spend at the time uh, on a calendar on every day of the calendar. And so they would do the math and um, hopefully have enough for rent at the end of the month. And we lived off $1,600 uh, a month as a family of four for, for quite some time. So like that, that's the conditioning I come from. Okay. And, and through my teenage years, I was wrought with anxiety, depression, thought about suicide a lot, uh, acted on it here and there. And at 19 years old, I got dropped into a course kind of by accident, had some significant major breakthroughs around my thinking, um, around the stories I had generated in my life. And, and that was the beginning for me. And that sparked, uh, literally a completely new path of existence. And so I will be, uh, 40 years old in September. And so now I will have spent half my life in this conditioning and then the other half of my life in undoing the very conditioning I got the first 20 years. And that also goes for the area of money. And for those of you guys that don't know this Tory prime story, I won't tell the whole thing, but, uh, Elon and I came from background, at least in my early twenties of being lenders in commercial real estate. We were on the front lines in 2008 when the housing bubble crashed and we watched our, our, the, this company that we helped birth, uh, burn to the ground in about 18 months. Um, and basically went from, you know, being fairly well off to completely broke within an 18 month period. Elon's house was in foreclosure. Uh, I moved back in with my parents, uh, had $400 left in the bank. I knew I wanted to do something with what I was doing in the mindset, personal development space. I, um, had found this opportunity that cost $397. I had $400 in the bank. I thought that was kismet. So I used that money to invest in this educational thing. And, and that's what got me started with getting online. And we've been, um, now our company has been online for uh, about 12 years. So um, that's the very, very short version of the story. But my point here is, is that the conditioning I came from around business, around taking risks, around money, did not translate very well to having money come easy. The only thing that I knew, like probably many of you, is work really, really hard. Okay. And for many years, I did that. And we did fairly well doing that, to be honest. And as I, I reflect on that, I look at today and I see that working really, really hard is not necessarily the the way to get there. In fact, if you, I know plenty of people work really hard and are, are very poor or have very little and there are very few people that work really, really hard and make a lot of money. So I always say that the people working really hard that make money are the exceptions to the rule. If working really, really hard worked, it would have worked already. So we really want to consider that if we take away the identity of money, and why don't you guys just do this for a moment? See if you can, again, see what it's like to unhook from here. Like, so if you're looking at the screen right now, this is where most people locate their awareness. Okay. So choose through awareness to come out here. Like bring your awareness away from the center of the head. And it might take you a few times to do this. You might even toggle as you do this. You'll kind of whoop over here and then like kind of find yourself back here. So just keep, keep seeing what that's like to unhook. And I want you to notice if you can, when you're unhooking that the system relaxes a bit. When you're here, the system is in a state of high tension. This is what we call your localized condition mind. If you want to be really, really tense, live up here. If you want to begin this process of unhooking from your conditioning, then it, it is not a thought. It is an actual thing you have to get, not have to, you get to intend, relocate your awareness away from the conditioning. And then from there, see what it's like to take like all the identity of money. And maybe you can imagine that there are like bookshelves or you're in a warehouse space and take all that identity and just stick it all on the shelf. Yeah, Ian, if you want to think of a, a little drone outside your head, you can definitely do that. Yeah, that's fine. I, what I want you to really recognize is it's not a thought. I want you to see if you can notice that there's a qualitative shift in how your biology responds when you move away consciously, when you move your awareness away consciously 
from the conditioning of the mind. You're going to feel, hopefully, your body relax. You might get a little spacey. And again, noticing the space. Jennifer's saying she's feeling lighter. The whole space feels lighter. A good a word I find that's really effective here in terms of quality is there's less density. And try again. Like So just for a moment, come back come back to the center of the mind to like relocate to your default state and witness the density coming back. Notice how dense everything starts feeling. This is the world of the mind. Ian says he feels sadness that this thing had gripped, has gripped him. Well, it has gripped us all, my friend. So you're, you're in good company as we're all gripped. Okay, so feel the density, and then again, come coming away from the mind, coming into the spaciousness, see if you can see or, or really feel that the quality is changing, there's less density. Yeah, Alicia's saying she's feeling, it feels like gravity to her. So for a lot of people, it feels like buoyancy, like spaciousness. Uh, people report seeing white light from here, and the space is empty. This is not a, a high energy state. This is a, a state of emptiness. And again, I want to remind you, we put the identity of money on the shelf and just investigate for a moment, get curious from awareness, like bringing in with intention money, but not the story about money, just feel into it. Like feel not into the system, not into the economics, not into the politics, not into the recession or a boom or the swings. This is what that all that stuff is just a pendulum swing, right? Anybody who gets involved in the pendulum, you go for a ride. That's the reality. Everybody who's poor is on one side of the pendulum. Everyone who's rich on the other side of the pendulum and we swing. And it's a really, really, really strong, alluring, dare I even say sexy system at times. It's extremely easy to get identified and get pulled into the game. So you got to choose to consciously disidentify and pull your awareness away from that system. See what it's like when you do that. If you stay there, you will create more of what you've already created. The conditioning will create the same patterns over and over again. We're here to create something new. In order to do that, we need to create spaciousness. And from space, we can insert our intention and create. So just investigate what's the purpose of money? What does it actually serve? Not what does it take away? What does it give? I'd love to hear some of your guys' uh, answers. What are, you, what are you noticing about money when we look at it through the lens of awareness, not when we look at it through the lens of conditioning? Alicia saying exchange, yes. Anybody else? No wrong answers. It's just your investigation. A means for exchange. Sure. Money gives safety, freedom. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Peace of mind. Sure. So just as a, again, curiosity, all great answers, foundation, peace of mind, freedom. I think these are all very logical answers. And could we have exchange, which we've had prior to money, right? We had barter. Could we have exchange? Could we have safety? Could we have freedom? Could we have peace of mind? Could we establish a foundation? Could we give and receive value? Could we have fun? And could we have expansiveness all without money? Are those things possible? Yes or no?
By the way, I'm not saying I know the answer here. Um, this is just a um, all of us inquiring together and maybe trying to go deeper than where we normally go with this, where we kind of sit at the surface level when we inquire about this stuff. Because look, for, for most people, their contention is if I have more money, my problems will be solved. I've worked with plenty of wealthy people, their problems are not solved. I think there's some truth to what we're saying. There's maybe a little bit more peace. I still get pulled into that game a lot. You know, maybe it'll give me some safety. I still get pulled into that a lot. But here's what I want to say. What if you ended up having a lot of money and then found out that you don't, you feel no more safe with a lot of money than you did with very little money? In fact, maybe one of the reasons people struggle with attracting more money into their lives is because the system, their system has a certain type of conditioning. It feels safe within a narrow band. And that narrow band is the struggle that they're having. And so if they actually acquired more money, right, if somehow more money came into their life, they, their, their level of safety would actually decrease, ironically, and they would sabotage themselves to get rid of all that money so they can go back to an energetic template that, that fits them. And we, have, we do have examples of this left and right, because I think it's something like 95% of people that win the lottery end up more poor within a few years than they were before they won the lottery. This is a grave example of somebody who tried to acquire safety were given a lot of money, but their container energetically could not handle that level of energy. And so there, it's a leaky bucket. They get rid of all of it and they, they end up back to where the system feels safe. Okay. So what I want to offer is a lot of what you guys are sharing. There's truth to that. And safety is not something you can acquire. It's something you cultivate. Freedom is not something you can acquire. It's something that you cultivate. There are plenty of people who work really, really hard, make a lot of money. They don't feel free right? Like they have golden handcuffs around them. That's not freedom. They, they don't know their kids. They barely know their spouses anymore. Their health is in disarray, but they're making a lot of money. It's not freedom, right? So just something to, to know is perhaps what most people are looking for in order to change our energetic composition. This is the deep inner work that we talk about here. We provide all the time because in order to have an upgrade in our lives financially, relationally, we need to establish a new foundation of safety within our system in order to do that. We need to build, right? We got to build new, we got to kind of alleviate what's been already there because we already know what that builds. That's the lives that we're in right now. That's what that energy produces. That's what that energy creates. That's what that energy supports. That's what that energy allows. And then there's all the conditioning around that. And so the first thing is, is to move through that, metabolize that energy, develop spaciousness. And then from that spaciousness, developing new resource, new stability, new foundations, and then manifesting building and seeing what arises in terms of our ability to manifest wealth, money, abundance, so on and so forth. So I'm going to say it this way. Money to me, again, if I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, but money is the energy of support. Okay. The more, the more resource I have, the more support I can offer myself and others. Okay. So again, it's money shows up to support and the amount of money that will show up in your life is equal to the amount of support that you think you deserve or that it's beyond thinking. It's what your system believes it deserves. Now that belief has come from the conditioning that you were kind of given, right? mom, dad, religions, countries, cultures, et cetera, lineage, all that kind of stuff plays into it. Okay. So if we want to shift our opportunity to increase wealth, to increase prosperity, to increase abundance, the first thing we got to do is we got to cultivate a feeling of more support in our system. Generally speaking, what happens for most of us, like think about this, like no animal wakes up on this planet outside of a human mammal <laughs> without the belief that they're, they're not going to be taken in support of that supported that day. Like the food will arrive, the rains will come, like, you know, animals just kind of intrinsically have that belief, don't they? But a, a human being does not really struggles with this. So, what we want to understand is somewhere along the way, we mistook our caregivers, our parents for God. 
right? Which makes sense. Like this was the all-knowing being and between zero to seven years old, the, the human brain accepts the reality that it's been presented. If you ever want to know how like, you know, Hitler's Germany began and things like this is because the moment you start sending a message into or Mao's China or anything like that, right? The, the, the way that's done is you take a generation of kids from zero to seven, you tell them what reality is and the brain fully accepts that reality, no questions asked, right? And then after that, the disappointment begins. And so if you blame the parents, for example, in, a, in like an authoritarian government, the child will move away from the parent and move towards the state, for example. And that's done in subtle ways, even in America all the time. So my point here is, is that at some point that disappointment came and we stopped believing that support was available to us, but it wasn't just like mom and dad. This was like all of support, like divine intelligence doesn't support me. There's no energies that support. And this leaves you in a game where you are by yourself with no one to help and no one is coming. And somehow this little boy or little girl has to figure out how to survive in that world, this lonely world without support. And so as a response to that, what do they do? They work really, really hard or they go and get all the degrees or they do all the things that people say that provide safety and support only there to quickly find out that those systems don't provide either or. And again, I'm just going to say that for most people that experience it, they look outside of themselves. What can I do with my life? Who can I become out here that will generate and create more of that in my life? And that doesn't work. There is no hiding from your inner experience. You can lie to yourself till you're blue in the face. Your inner world knows the truth. You know the truth. You can lie to everybody else. You can even lie to yourself but the inner world knows the truth. And so again, close your eyes for a moment here, take a deep breath and drop down into your, into your system. And just intuitively on a scale of one to 10, you're looking for what's your, what's your thermostat for support? One being like my thermostat is so really low. I don't believe support is there for me at all. No one is there. No one shows up. I'm all by myself. To 10, I'm fully supported. Everything is provided for me. God is good. People show up. No concerns at all. So just feel into that. And then in the chat box, give me a 1 to 10 rating on your experience. Jennifer says 6, 5. And no judgment with wherever you are, guys. And if you feel judgment arising in your system that you somehow should be doing better, I want you to find that part in your system and just offer it some compassion and love. Be like, I see you. I thank you. I see that you're concerned and I'm, I'm right here with you. Desiree is saying three, Sonella saying eight, Pamela saying six, Simona five, Alicia seven, Claudia four, Sasha seven, nine for the divine support for John, two for the earthly plane. Got it. Okay. So let, let's take an average of those two and let's say you're, you're roughly at a, like a, a five and a half or so. Beautiful. So look, this is, this is the work, right? It is not about, Hey, let me go try to find something else to do. That's going to make me work really hard. How many of you guys have tried something like that? You know, I, again, I still get lost in these games. This is a, it is a powerful matrix that we live in, right? This, this simulation is very, very strong and you can get very, very easily pulled into what's going on. Again, I call these, um, I've learned that these things are called pendulums. They're basically like systems of energy that feed off of the feed off of energy. In order to do that, it needs to create chaos or a reason for people to pay attention. So check out again what it's like if you unhook, because as I speak naturally, when I speak in language and concepts and insights, your awareness is going to be drawn back towards the part that listens from there. And so again, do this practice because the more times you rep, the easier it's going to get of coming away from the conditioned mind and finding the spaciousness around your head. And for a moment, disidentify with the idea of support. And just directly go into the feeling, into the experience of support. What does it feel like for your system to be supported? And if you're sitting in a chair, I'd recommend as you find that feeling, actually let your body lean back and feel the support. Like if, if God had a lap that you can just kind of sit in and melt into and get resourced from, 
I want you to imagine what it's like to just let your body lean and offer your, your body and your awareness, like completely letting go and just melting into that support. And then again, notice the subtle shifts in your, in your experience in your consciousness and your awareness. What does it feel like when I release into support? And there may be parts that don't believe that you can let fully go. There may be parts that are like, fuck that support never shows up. I don't want to be disappointed again. I don't want to believe again. I don't want to, I don't want to trust again. It's too much. I've done this before. Fuck you guy. Like whatever it is that that is there, include everything in this experience. Whatever is arising, be with it and be with it from a place of compassion and awareness. So don't try to change it. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to make it go away. Let the emergence of your experience be there. Be as it is. Do not change a thing. And I just want you to recognize I'm, I'm right here with you. I can feel you. I know your plight. I know the hardships. I know how hard you try. I know how disappointing and heartbreaking experiences and relationships can be. We all do. You're not by yourself. And see if you can notice that you're not by yourself right now. I keep feeling into that you're not here by yourself. Just name a few things. Sasha saying he feels safe, codependent, and yet interconnected. Beautiful. Ian saying I had a short moment of seeing myself, but it quickly shifted back to me being in myself. So Ian, just noticing the toggle is enough. Notice that toggle. Yeah. And so that's a pattern that you're naming there, Ian. We call that merger compensated, what you're pointing at. So it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just that... Uh, Pull yourself up by, by your bootstrap, make a difference for everybody else, but negate your own needs. And usually they're obsolete at this point in time. So the person will work really, really hard in that pattern, make a difference and try to help everybody else. And the belief in the system is if I help others, I will find safety within myself. Eventually that leads to a collapse in the system and the solar plexus. And then you feel like no one is there for you. You have like a full breakdown, fuck the world, and then you charge yourself back up, pick yourself back up and do it all over again. So that's a pattern for sure. And, and P.S. I run that pattern very strongly. In fact, Satori Prime was built on that pattern. 
Yeah. John is saying, I feel the support, but I don't trust it. Exactly. So look, here's what we want to point out. You guys are all naming this so beautifully, amazing awareness across the board. Notice by noticing support, the parts that come forward that don't believe that. That's your work. If you're wondering, how do I get this? That's your work. And it's not about convincing those parts to believe. It's about recognizing that each one of those parts has a need that has not been met. So it is unwilling to let go and it is not going to trust and it is not going to change. It's just going to defend what it has always defended because somewhere along the way, trust was lost somewhere along the way support did fall out. And the little boy and little girl that needed reassurance, needed attunement, needed presence, didn't get that. And so the nervous system gets stuck in a traumatic loop. There's energy stuck in the body now, and the mind has to, by its nature, react to that discomfort in the system. And the one thing people don't do is they don't learn how to sit with the discomfort. You will not find liberation by going around these things. You will only find it by going through these things. And I know, trust me, dear God, do I know that feeling into those things can feel like death. It can feel so uncomfortable, like it's actually going to kill you. So I just want to offer this. There's a right and a wrong way to sit with this. Okay. I'm not telling you just go sit in your and have a little pity party and feel this intense emotion because there is a right way to sit with this stuff, to let it move through the system. That's what we teach intuitive mind L2, L3, Right. This is this is what we work on with people. This is why they liberate, they heal, they transform because this energetic patterns are shifting and reorganizing and changing to healthier pattern. But the only way out is through. And until you face that inner discomfort, I just want to offer, do you really think that having an intense sensation in your body is going to kill you? It's not. Your ego is going to convince you that that's what's going to happen. This is too too much. It's too uncomfortable. But it's not. And when you have support with other people, when you have attunement and presence with somebody else, I assure you from having done this now thousands of times that you can go through experiences you never thought you could go through. And this provides the body and the nervous system with the resource and the stability that it needs in order to let go of some very, very challenging experiences. So just sharing from, from where I sit today, you know, the first seven years Again, you guys heard some of the story it came from being broke. We built two very successful businesses, one in the affiliate space, one in the coaching space. Both were multiple seven-figure companies. 2016, after five years of being in the business, we looked at what we were doing. We said, this isn't what we really came here to do. This is not really our heart's purpose. We enjoy it. Entrepreneurs, marketing, sales, fine. That's good. It's, it's, it's helpful. But like our, our, our real intention was always to teach what we're teaching now is to bring through this healing work, this transformative work, growth and mindset, responsibility, integrity, how to go to higher states of consciousness. And, and even back in 2016, we didn't know we were going to teach some of the stuff that we're teaching now that kind of came on its own. And we gave all that up in 2016 and basically restarted our company, thinking that it's going to take like two months for us to recapture our income and have all this following. And it was nothing of the sort. 2016 was like hitting a, a full reset button in our company and starting it from scratch. And so another twist of fate for me was suddenly getting married, which I didn't expect, nor was really interested in at the time that it happened or having children. Like all that stuff kind of came in a beautiful miracle, to be honest, on its own timing. And that also put me in a situation where I had not planned for that. I didn't put money aside. I was just traveling the world I, in 2016 before the year I met my wife, I had traveled, I think close to 150,000 miles around the planet that year. So I was living a very good life. I'd completely stopped looking at how much things cost, you know, like I was being provided for. And then suddenly two more people were living with me right off of, off of my work and stuff like that. And I wouldn't change that for the world today, but it, it has put me into a situation for the last four or five years where it's been a, a wild ride financially, if I'm being really honest with you. And so this work that I'm offering here is the work that, that I've done every day. And 
trust me, I have wanted off this ride 5,000 billion times. It's too painful. It's too much. But every time I come back to the same thing, I'm being given this, this moment, this opportunity in my life right now to liberate myself from things that have been deeply, deeply put into my system about some very, very intense fears. And, I, and I'm not talking about just fear of money. This is like lineage-based fear. Like I come from a, a very Jewish background when I did my um, when I did my 23andMe, which is like the DNA test. I came back 97.6% or something like that, Ashkenazi Jew. Like I'm, I'm a pure Jew. Like going back to my, uh, my grandparents' experience the Holocaust, like this is in my lifetime, right? My parents lived under significant oppression in their lifetime. This is not stuff that's so far away from my lineage. There's been a lot that I've had to break free of. And so all this stuff has come back around and I'm like, wow, this is really uncomfortable. And I could tell I'm carrying around this bind. I'm carrying around uh, this prison inside of me. And so at this period of time where maybe I don't have that freedom that I had financially speaking, it's also pointing at something in my system that's bringing forth the type of freedom and support that I've never experienced before in my life. But I've had to sit with all the parts that have been pissed off for this lifetime and perhaps many before it, that they are not getting their needs met, that I'm not showing up for them, that they are not opening. And for that, I'm very grateful for. It's been a huge opportunity. Um, let me just see real quick. Yeah. So uh, Alicia's asking, could I talk a bit about energetic transmission and reception as they relate to abundance? Look, I, my work today is I, I try to stay away from trying to focus on a particular area of my life. You know, it's not like, oh, okay, I really want to make more money. Let me like squarely focus on that or this. Like uh, I, I'm at this place in my work where I can just trust that whatever is arising in my experience right now is the perfect experience for me and has the most opportunity for my growth and development. So I never pick an area of my life in particular to work on. Having said that, there's nothing particularly wrong with doing that either. Uh, if you bring money or abundance to mind, again, I'd like to separate these two because abundance, again, you may be very abundant in some area of your life. And if you took more time to sit with that abundance and let yourself actually experience healthy pride for it, it may do wonders for your ability to uh, alleviate some of the tensions that you feel when it comes to money. But if you pile everything into one big thing, you know, and money's not there, you're going to constantly think, oh my God, I'm not an abundant person. I don't have anything that I want in my life. And that's the loop you're going to, you're going to create and manifest from. So I would just, I would be careful of the dangers of lumping things together. It's why we create distinctions so that one thing is distinct from something else. And then, you know, if we create, for those of you guys who've done L1, a distinction from um, responsibility to blame, if those two things are collapsed, it's nearly impossible to take responsibility. But if we make those things distinct, responsibility is like, sure, I can do that. Of course I want that. I want to be able to, to see that on the source of what's being created. So I have an action I can take around that thing. So if you want to bring it, if you want to bring it to mind and you want to bring it into a meditation or you want to bring it into mini for those of you guys that do that, bring money to mind and your body's going to respond the way it always responds. It's going to collapse somewhere. There's going to be some discomfort and then have that be witnessed through your own awareness, have that be witnessed through the presence of an attunement of another. And you're going to see that that part gets resourced, finds stability, and then let's go. Okay. And it's not like there's not one part inside your system that's concerned with money. There's like a, like a deep entrenched lineage based, you know, thousands of years of, of, of humanity going through very, very uh, difficult struggles and suffering around this that have been passed down to you as well. So this is, this is the work. Like you want to glimpse this as often as you can. And the more you sit and glimpse it, the more freedom you're going to have around it. You know, you're hitting the sweet spot when suddenly the concern of money just disappears and nothing has changed yet but you suddenly don't seem to give a shit at all. You're just neutral. You're neutral about the whole experience. It's that kind of feeling like let the chips fall where they may, let bygones be bygones. And every single time I'm in that spot, what happens next is like, boom, like big impact. A whole bunch of stuff happens in my life that, that shows up for support. It's almost like if you want to call it God or just supportive energy or divine intelligence, it's irrelevant to me, but it's like, it almost seems like that energy meets you in neutrality. 
it meets you when you've detached. But again, it's not just like, okay, I'll detach. You may have had that thought, but your body is not in alignment with that. It feels this deep uh, resonance to defend itself over what has happened before. And it has certain patterns that it runs. If you want out of those patterns, you have to face those patterns. You actually have to sit with those patterns, deeply sit with them and not try to change them. Just witness and observe. And you'll see your, your body will work through the patterns completely on its own. Okay. Ian said, uh, it's just my view, but I feel it's not coincidence. We're all on this call today. I agree. Certain things are happening right today that were put there for us to react with and come here to find out what to do. I agree. I recently um, was listening to someone speak and they said the 2012 gate, right? Uh, once we move beyond that, up until then, that was the age of darkness for humanity. We have now been sitting in for the last 11 years or so in the age of light. Okay. The age of light doesn't mean everything is hunky dory. It just means that where everything is being illuminated at this time. So all these things that people have these contentions about, oh, this has never happened before. We've never been so divided. It's like, uh, I don't know if you've looked at human history. It's been like this for quite some time. Um, and so like all these dark spots of humanity, I want you to notice though, they're all being talked about, illuminated, investigated, seen, noticed. And it's and notice that they, the healing work at the level of community, at the level of community of, of the global community of, of humanity, heals exactly the same way as your interpersonal work. It is observed and seen. If you guys want to move and help this energy move through through the community of our species quicker, it's observe it and don't react. Be a catalyst for change by being the neutral point that just objectively observes what's happening. For some people, depending on their level of consciousness, the best they can do is go out in the streets and riot and do whatever they need to do to get the energy out. For other people, it's sitting at home, becoming present with, you know, COVID is coming. Fuck, that's really scary. The economy is going to collapse. Fuck, that's really scary. Right? Uh, this thing, is, war is happening over there. Fuck, that's really scary. But like notice for when you become reactive, you're saying that is not an acceptable experience within me. So I need to go enact change outside of me to make myself feel safe. And then you're in a losing battle because you need everyone to agree, feel, and think like you to get to that safety. It's never going to happen. But when you sit there and you feel, and if you guys can do that, like feel into that discomfort in your body, it's only a matter of time. Just like everything else that a human does when they have to face the truth, that that's going to move through your system and then you're no longer bothered by that sensation in your body. There's just compassion for it when it arises. You no longer care whether, you know, like you're to be compassionate for other people when that arises in their experience as a response to that. And I promise you, everyone around you benefits because you're now sending a different energetic transmission. If I'm around a person who's worried and scared all the time, I am worried and scared because of their transmission. If I'm around a grounded person, I benefit from that. So that's what we want to bring through. We want to become that neutral point. We want to become the objective witness. We want to become the center of love and compassion. And then I'll take this one last question here from Claudia. I think it's not about needing money, but rather we need money to experience this world and experience ourselves in different ways. I think this collecting experiences, hopefully joyful ones, are the reasons we are here on this planet. I, I couldn't agree more. The, you know, For me, the collection of experiences, that's what evolution is. And again, it's something we do talk about in intuitive mind. I talk about the old model of consciousness, the new model that we're moving into. So I call one the, the, like the suffering model and one the evolutionary model. Evolving is a process of accepting what's so, of relaxing into the experience. You know, we go down to Columbia once a year. We bring 10 or so people down there to, um, to do plant medicine work with ayahuasca with this uh, indigenous family that we've been working with for, for many years now. And that's what medicine work is. It's to bring you to the point of surrendering. Everything about your life that you're suffering is just things that you haven't surrendered to yet. And again, surrendering is not, it's not an idea. It's not a concept. It is a quality of your experience that you come to. And it is literally a quality of surrendering. And when you do, your, your body can go to work on metabolizing what science and psychology call a trauma. Most issues, in my view, please don't take my view if it doesn't fit for your worldview. It's perfectly fine. 
is that most issues that people have, whether it's mental or physical or psychosomatic in nature, they're absolutely environmental things, genetic things happening on our planet. I don't disregard that. But I think our view in general is pretty limited on what, what's actually sourcing this. You know, we all know the line stress is a killer. It is. When the body's in a constant state of tension, it's degrading. And I still want to say, and given even all that, given people who are, you know, really obese and mistreat their body or smoke for many years or drink or live in a lot, in a lot of stress, still pretty fucking amazing how resilient the body can be, is it not? So it's like, what happens when you start supporting those systems in the proper ways? And that's, guys, again, what this work is all about, is in learning the things that have taken Elon and I 20 years to learn and investing an enormous amount of resources, time, and money to find out that there's actually really simple things that we can all be doing on a daily basis and in our communities and working with people. And that's why we have the community structure built in. So you don't have to go figure out how to do it yourself is if you go get the support on a regular basis, I'm not saying everything in your life will change overnight. Although for some people it does, that happens regularly, but getting that support is like reconditioning your system. Your system has been conditioned a certain way, but take note of how adaptable human beings are in changing environments. Those that don't adapt, suffer, ultimately die. Those that learn how to evolve, they thrive. And it, it's really our ability to sit with that discomfort at the level of person and at the level of collective that's going to make all this transformation that we all want to happen, happen. Okay? So, guys, thank you so much today for, for all the uh, interaction, for the questions, for the comments. They're amazing. Um, I'm going to throw a few things up here on the screen uh, again, if you want to come to our next live event, should be on the screen now. Um, tap the button right now because I'm going to put up a second thing that you guys can do in just a moment here. Intuitive Mind live event is coming up in a few weeks. Uh, again, there's a BOGO, buy one, give one ticket uh, for the first time ever. So your ticket is actually worth twice as much if you buy it. And please give it to someone who you know that will really benefit from or care to do this work. Uh, it's You're also going to enjoy having someone in your life that can Thank you, dear one, for choosing to share a bit of your day with us. We value you greatly. And as a way to give back and help you to deepen these practices, we want to invite you to join our incredible community on Facebook. You can do so easily by going to joinoldsouls.com and ask for an invite. This is our private community where old souls and seekers are able to grow and share their journey with others. We hold exclusive weekly live streams, we answer your personal questions, and offer valuable insights that we won't be able to share here on the podcast. So again, just head to joinoldsouls.com and grab your invite today. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please head to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the only way other people can find this show. So if it's making a difference in your life, please share the love. Until we meet again, have an amazing week, dear one.